Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. All right, we're going to continue tonight with our the series that we're doing on the 12 Apostles of Hell. Very spooky title. I thought I would find a spooky cover slide to go with it. In reality, what we're talking about is having knowledge of how to engage in spiritual warfare. Amen. It helps when you're going into battle if you know the outcome of the battle. And can I tell you that we already, it's already sealed. In the end, the church wins. All right, let me just spoil the whole thing for you. The church wins. Now, whether you win or whether or not you win or lose is determined by whether you're in the church or not, all right? So it's not predestined that you win. It's predestined that the church wins. But if you stay in the church, amen, you're a winner. Tell your neighbor, I'm a winner. We're not ignorant concerning the devil's devices. And so as we look into these, the first week we talked about the spirit of heaviness. And we identified the traits that uh, most often we're chasing the traits. We're trying to solve the, the manifestations of these spirits rather than uh, dealing with the actual spirit, the spirit of heaviness. And then the next week we talked about the spirit of jealousy. And then the final uh, third week, rather last week, we talked about the, the lying spirit. And tonight we're going to continue. And again, the uh, foundation, if you need a, a handout, raise your hand if you need a handout. All right, a couple, we got Brother Cade. Anybody else? Sister Carol over here. And BJ's bringing around some papers. And if you need a pen as well, we'll get you one of those. All right, raise your hands real high. Don't be ashamed. Happens to the best of us. You guys need a pen or a paper or both? Pen? All right, JB, uh, yeah, BJ rather. Sorry, dyslexic. Uh, when you get a chance over here too, all right? A couple folks need a pen over there. All right, and all the way back there, I see some hands. All right, so the, the review... There's no blanks here, so we can get started with this. Uh, the foundation of each of these, all 12 of these that we're going to be addressing, uh, again, how, how are we more effective in spiritual warfare? Uh, again, it's not how long you've been in the church. It's, it's not uh, who you're related to that determines your effectiveness in spiritual warfare. But there are three traits. First of all is the ability to look beyond the trait that is being manifest and identify the predominant spirit that is causing the issue. All right, so looking beyond the depression or the discouragement and identifying the spirit of heaviness. Looking beyond the um, comparison and the competition and identifying uh, or, or even tearing yourself down, pride, whatever it may be, and identifying the spirit of jealousy. All right, looking beyond the voice that's telling you God doesn't want to bless you and God can't forgive you and identifying the spirit, the lying spirit that's behind that. All right, secondly is being skilled how to deal with it. All right, so now I know what the Spirit is, but now I also am skilled with the knowledge of how to deal with that Spirit. And then finally, uh, and this is an absolute must, is you have to have the desire to be free from it. Okay, in every one of these spirits, there will be people that get so attached to that Spirit. 
They like the emotion that it, that it elicits within. They get attention from it or, or whatever the case may be. And so they don't really want to be free from it. The three battlefields of spiritual warfare, it begins with obsession. This is where spiritual warfare always begins. And that is when your thoughts are consumed. All right, you're obsessed. It's not just, you know, you had a negative thought. All right, that's just that. It's a negative thought. But when every thought is negative, when every time you're having a good day, you, you can't enjoy the good day because you're thinking a bad day is on its way. That's obsession. All right, then it advances to oppression, and that is where your life begins to be. If you start adjusting your life to, uh, to accommodate the thoughts that are bombarding your mind. And then finally, it's possession. And this takes place when the individual has accepted that obsession is as normal. That's just the way it is. All right. Um, and so their resolve is, has been weakened by oppression to the place or the space that they're now being controlled by the spirits that torment them. Tonight, we're going to continue in addressing, identifying and addressing the fourth of these spirits, and that is the familiar spirit. This particular emissary of the adversary is recognized 16 times in 15 different passages of Scripture. All right, which is out of all of the apostles of hell or these predominant spirits that we're going to identify, this spirit is addressed in the Bible more than any of the other satanic spirits. The first mention of the familiar spirit in the Bible is providing instruction to the people that they are not to regard those with familiar spirits, have nothing to do with them. Leviticus 19.31 is where you would find that. The original language of the Bible defines familiar as a spirit of divination or a, or a term that is used for those that practice witchcraft. This tells us God links this familiar spirit to wizards and those who are familiar with the dead. I'm not talking about a more... A funeral home director or a mortician. It's talking about uh, people that are trying to conjure up the, the spirits of those that are deceased. God's vehement distaste for this demonic, familiar spirit is declared in his second reference to it, found in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 6, where he says, And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and go after wizards to go a whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul. And will cut him off from among his people. All right, those people that are seeking after uh, wizards and, and uh, witches and people that are dealing in dark spirits, he said, if you're seeking after that, I will cut you off. All right, so the first reference says, have nothing to do with them. The second reference says, if you do, I'm gonna cut you off. So a familiar spirit is the demonic force behind all manner of witchcraft casting spells, astrology, and what is commonly referred to as the dark arts. All right, Deuteronomy goes into further detail about the link between a familiar spirit and witchcraft. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 through 12 says, there shall not be any found among you, or there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer, 
For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. So we're going to go through the list right now of the different traits or the ways that this familiar spirit manifests itself. All right. Astrology, black arts, channeling, charmers, charms, clairvoyance, conjuring, consulting the dead, cults, divination, dream catchers, ESP. That's not ESPN, ESP. Uh, Enchanters, false prophets, fortune telling, fear of ghosts, hallucinations, haunted houses, horoscopes, hypnosis, incantations, levitation, mediums, mind readers, new age practices, occultism, Ouija boards, dominating by horrors, palm reading, Rastafarianism. I say it right? Rastafarianism. Rebellion, Satanism, seances, soothsayers, sorcerers, spirit guides, undue influence, voodoo, war, warlocks, and witchcraft. All right, all of those are... Um, traits or ways that this spirit, this familiar spirit manifests itself to more fully understand the working of a familiar spirit. So to really understand what a familiar spirit is, we should understand that the word familiar is from the Latin word familiaris, which means a household servant. Now, some of these that I mentioned there Some of you might have dabbled in them or played around with them and you think it's just a funny little thing. Hopefully by the time we're done tonight, you'll understand that the devil wants you to think it's just a cute little funny little thing that you can play around with. So this broad definition infers, among other things, that this spirit is a household servant that can be controlled by humanity And while not limited to this solitary arena, the word familiar, as it pertains to a a demonic spirit, is intended to express the idea that those in witchcraft can direct spirits who, like servants, are ready to obey commands such as casting spells on others. So a household servant, if I'm the master of the home and I say to a servant in my house, go get me some iced tea, they're going to go get me some iced tea. All right, that's what this... Familiar spirit is it something that we have the ability to command it to do something? All right, that's what a familiar spirit is—a household servant. It's a spirit that we can call to do something, and it will go and do it because it's that's what a familiar spirit does. So, casting spells, divination, claiming to communicate with the dead—all of these are work of demonic familiar spirits. Ironically. What seems to validate most witchcraft claims is found in the fact that this spirit is obviously familiar with the carnal desires of those yet alive and also familiar with the past of those who are now dead. Right? So you've probably seen the, the show on TV or maybe even been part of it where somebody says they're going to communicate with somebody from the dead and they start sharing facts that the person knows the only way they could have known that is if they were talking to the dead person. And so that validates, well, that person really is, you know, they really are powerful. Wow, they've got this power. 
All right? and, and that validates them because they, they know things that they couldn't know. All right? Or they know things about us that there's no way they could have known them. All right? But those that claim to be communicating with the dead are most assuredly not doing so. All right? Hate to bust their bubble, but they're not. Okay? They're not talking to a dead person. Okay, if you've been to somebody and they said they talked to your great-grandma and she said she still loves you, great-grandma didn't say she's, I'm sure she loved you, but grandma don't still love you, all right? Or at least she didn't tell that person she still loves you. Okay, when grandma died, she can't love you no more, okay? She loved you while she was, everybody's getting hurt right now, but that's just the fact. When I die, my ability to love is no longer there. And if somebody, after I'm dead and somebody comes and tells you, Pastor Staten said he still loves you. No, he didn't. I'm not talking to nobody once I'm dead. So if that is the case then, then how are they providing accurate information about events and desires from the lives of those who have passed on? How do they know things about me that nobody else knows? How are they doing that? Well, it comes from a demonic spirit that is familiar with the life of the deceased person, the life that they lived, and the events in which they participated. How do they know those things about me? Because there is a familiar spirit that knows things about me. Because they've been observing things about me, and about you, and about grandma. It wasn't grandma that said she still loves you. It was a familiar spirit that knew grandma loved you. This demonic communication is an attempt. This is what we need to understand. It's not funny. It's not cute. It's not cool. It's not wow, amazing. It's an attempt by a familiar spirit to take dominion over certain aspects of your life. It wants you to believe that it can cause spirits to influence, affect, or even attack other lives. That, that dark spirit wants you to think that it has the power to have dominion over other people's lives when it doesn't. The Bible clearly communicates that neither the dead nor the living have any influence whatsoever on those who have gone into eternity. I can't communicate with the dead. You can't communicate with the dead. The dead can't communicate with you. Well, somebody showed up to me in my dream. You had a dream. That's what happened there. All right. The dead ain't coming back to visit you in a dream. You had a dream, but that wasn't a dead person coming to you in a dream. Okay, the inability of one person to control another after death is exemplified by the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man asked Lazarus to come and dip his finger in water to cool his parched tongue. And the response of Jesus removes all hope that that's going to happen. Luke 16, 26. And beside all this, Abram speaking, Jesus telling the story that Father Abram says, Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Everybody say fixed. Have you know what a fixed mortgage is? It means it's not changing. All right, it means whether it was when this story was told or in 2020, the gulf is the same as it was now as it was then. It ain't changing. Well, I'm Pentecostal, it's still fixed. Well, I was Catholic, it's still fixed. Well, I'm an atheist, still fixed. So that they which would pass from Hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Jesus is saying 
through Father Abraham, the dead aren't visiting the alive and the alive aren't visiting the dead. The people that made it into Abraham's bosom aren't visiting those that, were, that are in a place of torment and those that are in a place of torment are not going to visit with those that are in, a play in Abraham's bosom. There is no passing. Okay, God emphatically told the rich man, once death takes a soul, you have no access or authority over their life. So don't be fooled by those dealing in spiritual darkness, even if they're right. Even if they told you that time that grandma gave you a cookie and nobody else was in the room and you weren't supposed to have a cookie, but grandma did it anyhow. I'm just using a really obscure illustration. But even if that person told you something that they know only that dead person and you could have known it, they still are not communicating with the dead person because God said it ain't happening. The alive don't communicate with the dead and the dead don't communicate with the alive. All right, what they're encountering is a familiar spirit, which because it's familiar, in other words, that spirit was in the room. When grandma gave you that cookie, that spirit saw it. And it's reporting, acting like it's grandma. It ain't grandma. Okay, it's a familiar spirit. They're dealing with an age-old demonic spirit using what it has seen in the lives of others through the years. Stand your ground and refuse to be swayed by such things as a familiar spirit. Surely the fact that you have God in your life should rip away any desire or any fear of the things a familiar spirit would bring your way. I'm a child of the king. Why in the world do I need to wear a good luck charm to bring me good luck? I'm a child of the king. I don't need a rabbit's foot. I don't need a four-leaf clover. I don't need a horseshoe. I don't need any of that. Hey, man, I've got Jesus Christ. He is the king of kings. I don't need luck. I've got the blessings of the Lord upon my life. Amen, I hate to mess up your theology, but that good luck charm is just a trinket on your wrist or on your waist or wherever you got it. Amen. God is the one who guides your steps. Why in the world would a servant of God need a horoscope? Those of you that get up every morning to see how your day is going to go, by reading your horoscope, that is witchcraft. That is a demonic spirit. You are getting guidance from a spirit that is not of God. Amen. I, I'm going to tell you how to figure out how your day is going to go. Open up the Bible. Read the word of God. Say a prayer. Ask God to bless your day. God orders my steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen. Whether I'm a Leo or a Caprico or whatever, all the different stuff I am has nothing to do with how my life is going to go. What those things become is controlling forces that begin to determine your life because you read them and they begin to influence your life. You make decisions based on what your horoscope said. We have the power of prayer. Why in the world would somebody who has the power of prayer play around with an Ouija board? That is not God leading that little thing around on the board. All right, that, that is not of God, all right? If you have the power of prayer, ask God, amen? He said, ask of me. Whatever you have, ask of me. I will answer that prayer. We don't need to ask an Ouija board to answer the questions that we have. Let's take the questions that we have before the Lord. You're covered by his blood. Why would we mess around with things like voodoo? Amen. Well, well, that's just a part of the culture that I came from. Q 
Key word being came from. Leave it where you came from. Amen. Come out of that culture. Amen. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Nobody can harm me. They got to come through the blood to get to me. The only way, I don't care, you can poke a pin in that doll all you want to. You can't touch me unless Jesus Christ gives you the, the right to touch me. I'm covered by the blood. Sadly, the reason some people, even folks that claim to be saved, have no problem dabbling with these unholy elements is because they believe that they are harmless and not really real. Oh, it's just cute. It's just, it's just cute and funny. Another crucial factor to understanding a familiar spirit is this. In order to masquerade with the traits of someone who died, the familiar spirit had to have watched their life closely to know how they lived, how they acted, and how they responded to their weaknesses. This means that each and every one of us has unholy spirits watching us. Everyone in this room, you have spirits that are watching you. They're becoming familiar with our lives and trying to set the stage for our destruction. They're taking notes on everything. How, how do you respond when people push your buttons? Why, why would the enemy want to know that? Because he's going he's to set you up for failure, for destruction. Regardless of the depth of your walk with God, it does not restrain the adversary from watching your life every day. It is reminiscent of the conversation between God and Satan regarding the righteous man Job. The Bible says there was no more righteous man in all the earth than Job. And yet God asked Satan where he had been. And Satan, without even hiding it, Satan, I've been going around through the earth seeking people to destroy. And the Lord said unto Satan, from whence cometh thou? In Job 2 and 2. And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from, from walking up and down of the earth. The devil noted every step Job took, seeking some way to attack him. Satan was familiar with every aspect of Job's life. Everybody had that sense somebody's watching you? There is, there's a spirit watching, a familiar spirit. Everybody's spooked out now. Well, you don't need to be, because it's nothing to be afraid of. Okay, you've got the authority in the name of Jesus. You've got power. All he can do is take notes. All he can do is write down notes. He can't do anything to you if you're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, you have authority over that spirit. Nothing to be afraid of because he can't do anything to you. In addition to a demonic spirit, not only was that demonic spirit taking notes on Job, which, by the way, couldn't do anything to Job until God gave him permission but that demonic spirit also made himself familiar with Job's wife, with Job's children, with Job's barns, with Job's flocks, with Job's health. And even the devil was aware of the hedge that God had put around Job. The devil is taking notes. In the book, uh, Brother White, the author of the book that we're taking these lessons from, has an illustration that he shares of a church service where there was a man who stood and testified, and, and he began to uh, aggrandize uh, spiritual matters in, in, in a way of exalting himself and making it look like he was a spiritual authority. And Brother White said, 
the pastor was sensitive to it and stood up and, and uh, rebuked the devil out of that man. Or rather addressed the devil. And when he did, this same man that had tried, been trying to make himself look so lofty, the demon revealed itself. And the spirit began cursing the pastor. And the, 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 the spirit spoke out of the man and said to the pastor, I've been watching you. I've been studying you. I know your weaknesses. And it's already the trap for you has already been laid. Brother White said within a year, that pastor fell into an adulterous affair. Because the devil had been watching that man of God studying his weaknesses. Amen. So here are a few steps. Let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Make no mistake, your adversary knows exactly which temptation is going to be the most effective against you. The only hope that we have is to protect ourselves from the unholy manifestations a familiar spirit sends into our lives. So we can either... Well, man, pastor, now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight knowing that there's a... Okay, we have, again, whether you know about it or not, it's still happening, okay? So you can go bury your head in the sand and act like there's not a familiar spirit. Now we're aware, but but now we're going to say, now here's how we deal with it. Here's how we engage in spiritual warfare and defeat that familiar spirit. Step one, stop entertaining a familiar spirit. It's not cute. Okay, the enemy has one thing in mind for you, for me, for everybody in this building, and that is our destruction. And and, and if you give him an open door, I promise you he's coming in. And he he is going to find your weakness and he's going to set a trap. So stop entertaining it. Now, I know that there will be those that are going to scoff at this. You're going to go back, you you know, Ouija board, it's not that big of a deal. All right, why? Because you're convinced that they're harmless and maybe even humorous to you. However, as the scripture points out, the familiar spirit is the spirit behind witchcraft, sorcery, astrology, and many other occult practices. If you're following the horoscope, today needs to be your last day you did that. Tomorrow you need to not look at the horoscope. Stop letting the devil dictate how your day goes and let the spirit of God dictate how your day goes. Interestingly, because our culture is entertainment driven, the door to familiar spirits can be found in certain types of music, movies, books, even video games. Here we go. Here's where I'm going to tap dance on somebody's pet sin. These venues can be filled with casting spells, zombies. Well, I like me some Night of the Living Dead. You may like it, and it likes the fact that you like it too, because what you're doing is you're entertaining a familiar spirit. Casting spells, zombies, and which was well, just a video game. I don't get it out of your life. Okay, if you knew that, if I knew, if you knew tonight somebody was going to come to your house at 11 o'clock on the dot with a loaded gun and try to kill you, I think you would at least lock the doors, wouldn't you? You would probably call 911. You certainly wouldn't just leave the door open and stand in front of the door and say, here, here I am. No, you wouldn't do that. You would guard yourself. And yet it's amazing that we, because we can't see it, that we think the spirit world isn't real. And some of us will go back home tonight and put the same video game in the console and play the game because you don't understand that you're dealing with a destructive spirit. Go home and delete Night of the Living Dead and all that zombie mess that you've been watching. 
Just get rid of it. Don't give the devil room to operate in your life. Amen. There is extreme danger in occult entertainment. Perhaps the greatest danger is that occult entertainment opens a door for a familiar spirit to torment you with fear. Do massive damage to your conscience and even possess you. How are you going to act if you go somewhere and some person tells you that they talk to your to some dead person or they start telling you things about yourself and then after they tell you something about yourself that that only they could have known only you know nobody else could have known and then they go on and tell you and by the way you're going to die in 2 months all right they just gain legitimacy because you think they've got some dark mis- no what they did is talk to a familiar spirit but now you've given them legitimacy so now anything they say from there on becomes a controlling factor in your life You read the horoscope and your day does go that way. And so now you give that legitimacy and you live the rest of your life based upon the fact that you were born at a certain time of the year, which is hogwash. It's mess. I can't believe people would be naive enough to even believe that. It opens a door to a familiar spirit to torment you with fear. Do massive damage to your conscience rather and even possess you. Stories abound of how children were tormented with unholy spirits welcomed in by something as simple as popular books because of underlying wizard and sorcery themes and symbolism they represent. I'm, I, don't, I probably shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to tell it. A couple years ago, we had gone to a Broadway show. It was an innocent, we thought, Broadway show. It was about uh, the Wizard of Oz. Right? And it, it was, I, you know, I, I didn't feel anything spooky while we were there. They didn't like cast any spells or anything. But as a result of that, they had some songs in that musical that Dakota, she was probably seven, maybe at the time. And she started singing those songs and we didn't think anything. Again, they weren't like, you know, the devil is king or nothing like that. They weren't anything spooky. She was just singing these songs. They were seemingly harmless. Well, until some strange things. One, one day she was down in the basement and she was sitting there and the lights just started flickering on and off and there was nobody near the light switch. And I said, devil, you got to go. Don't, and we put it in, no more, no more of those songs aren't being played in the house ever. And, and again, it was something that I, if I would have known that there was a danger behind it, we never would have even entertained it to begin with. But when it shows up, why would you continue to let that in around you? When you know that there is a spiritual access that you've given, what's the wise thing to do? Get rid of it. Just, just get rid of it. All right. It should drive parents into action to realize some of those demonic influences, entertainments are designed with deadly intent for your children. Just for me. And you can, obviously you've got to draw the line for yourself. I'm not coming to your house to see what you allow into your home. That's between you and God. But anything that has a wizard underlying theme, sorcery in it, I would, I would not let it in my home. Harry Potter. All right. Pastor, you know, that's really you're going to make a big deal about that. Well, if I were the devil. And my design were the destruction of your child. Would I start off by bringing a 12 foot boa constrictor and wrap it around your child's neck? No, you wouldn't let that happen. I'd start with a little baby, innocent thing 
that really didn't look that harmful and let your child get addicted to that thing to where it wouldn't let it go. And then when that thing is grown up, then it can strike and kill your child. So the devil's not, we think the devil's stupid because he doesn't come in with a, a witch casting spells on our children that it's no big deal. You, 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 need, to be, you need to be wise and, and don't give the devil any room. Now, if you choose to do it, that's between you and God. But I'm telling you where I would draw the line if I were you. The intentional use of any form of entertainment driven by a familiar spirit or the manifestations that follow it should be rejected at any cost. Well, my child really loves it. That, that's, that's just not a good enough reason to me. There's a lot of things that our children really love that aren't good for them. Step two, don't be afraid of familiar spirits. All right. For those of you that are going to go home tonight, I can't sleep. Well, that's your own fault if you don't sleep because you don't have to be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Okay. All they're doing is they're there to gather information. All right. And if you allow them to, to paint the image of something you need to be afraid of, but you don't have to be afraid of them. There are many who complain that their life is haunted by what they call ghosts or something that already died. Others are convinced that everything bad happens in their life because somebody cursed them. Somebody put a curse upon them. Sadly, all of them live in fear or at least horrible apprehension because of a familiar spirit that drove those perceptions. Demonic spirits are real, but many unholy spirits are effective only because of the fear they instill. You went to some palm reader and she told you that on, you know, that this was the, the, the kind of day that you were going to die on. And, and now every time it's in between 50 and 60 degrees and rainy out, you don't go outside. Because I don't even know if that's something they would tell you. But if they did, that becomes a governing philosophy that strikes fear in our hearts. All right. Nothing in Satan's arsenal has any power to overcome a child of God. All right. Nothing. Nothing the devil has access to has the power to overcome a child of God, yet fear can separate you from your confidence in God and open the door for demonic influence. For this reason, you must refuse to fear any element or thought a familiar spirit sends your way. And finally, step three, exercise your authority over the familiar spirit. Exercise your authority over a familiar spirit. In Acts chapter 16, a woman begins to follow the apostle Paul and the apostles that were with Paul ministering and she was shouting. The content of her shout seemed good even. Here's what she was saying. These, men's are, these men are servants of the most high God which show unto us the way of salvation. That sounds like a good thing to say. But that goes on for day after day after day until finally Paul gets tired of it and turns around and casts the demon out of her. Now what she was saying was true. They were men of the most high God that were there to show the way into salvation. But what she was promoting, right? She was, she was, the, the Bible tells us before that she was a woman that dealt in divination. She was there saying the right thing, but she was promoting a familiar spirit, attempting to infer that she had gained this supernatural insight 
because of other spirits. Some dark spirit had given her the knowledge that these were men of God. And she was using what was good, what she was saying, but she was using it to promote an unclean spirit. This story proves that there is no need to fear the things over which you have authority. God's word tells us we have authority over unholy spirits and any form or manifestation that they may send our way. Sadly, however, some forget that they possess such power and instead tolerate various dangerous intrusions into their lives by familiar spirits. To truly conquer a familiar spirit trying to affect your life, you must take authority over all of its manifestations and remove them. All right? This can be witnessed in Acts chapter 19 when the seven sons of a man named Sceva, who was a chief priest, those seven sons tried to cast devils out of a possessed man. The Bible says that the devils leapt on the sons of Sceva and they beat them half to death and then the sons of Sceva went running down the street unclothed. When news of this spread to Ephesus, the people realized that we need to shut every door to demonic activity and influence in our lives. They went about this in a way that we might say extreme. Some of you tonight, I've touched on things that, that maybe I've angered you a little bit because I've touched on some things that you think are okay. It's amazing to me we get upset with a preacher trying to help us more than we do a devil trying to destroy us. All right? But they went about it. They did the extreme. We, we might look at it and say, we don't, have, you know, we don't have to go home and get rid of the Ouija board. It's not that big of a deal. We don't have to go, go home and, and get rid of Harry Potter. It's okay. It's not that pastor was just being extreme. Well, when, this, when the people at Ephesus heard about what happened to the sons of Sceva, they said, we're not taking any chances. The Bible says in Acts 19 and 19 that after they heard of this, many of them which used curious arts brought all their books together and burned them before all the men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. The New Living Translation says that this would have been several million dollars worth of books. Well, I paid good money for that Harry Potter set. I paid good money for that, that Night of the Living Dead complete series. I paid good money for that zombie video game that I play at night, I paid good money for that, Pastor. You know, I, I, you, you got to understand, I'm not going, well, the, the men in the book of Acts at Ephesus, when they saw what a, what a familiar spirit can do, they said, we're not giving the devil any room. And they went home and they got anything that had to do with the adversary and they brought it and they burned millions of dollars worth of material. The new living, again, I just said, well, when they realized that they're flirting with witchcraft, was opening doors to a demonic spirit, they took a stand. And that's what you've got to decide to do tonight. Amen. If you've given, if you've given open door to the enemy, to demonic spirits, what you have to do tonight is you have to take a stand. You need to get extreme. You need to say not one more day, not one more horoscope, not one more Ouija board, not one more time going to the palm reader, not any of that. I'm not giving any room to the devil. Now go one verse further. After those men brought and burned all of those books, the Bible says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Once they got rid of the influence of the demonic stuff, the influence of the familiar spirit, 
the, 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 the word of God grew and prevailed in their lives. Amen. It might be that some of us are not growing in our relationship with the word of God because we are entertaining familiar spirits. To conquer a familiar spirit in all of its manifestations, you got it. You can't. Well, I'm just going to keep it over here in the corner. You got to get rid of it. Okay, you got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it completely and totally. Take authority over that spirit and remove anything that would open or reopen that door. I want us to stand together. All right. First thing we're going to do, we're going to take authority over the spirit of fear. We're going to take authority over the familiar spirit. All right. I don't want, if you go home tonight uh, afraid, you don't have to. There's nothing to be, tell your neighbor, nothing to be afraid of. Okay, if, you, if you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you have nothing, nothing, you have no reason to lose one minute of sleep. All the familiar spirit can do is take notes. But if you close the door, if you shut the door on the devil, he has no ability to impact your life, not one little bit. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every, any way that the enemy would try to use what has been shared tonight to bring about a spirit of fear. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We don't have to be afraid of the familiar spirit. We have no reason to be afraid of the familiar spirit. All that the enemy can do is gather information on us. All that the enemy can do is gather information. And once we close the door on the devil, he has no opportunity to use that information against us if we stay under the blood of Jesus. God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every familiar spirit. I pray tonight, God, let the people of God be wise. If we have opened up our homes to an ungodly influence, I don't care how the devil has packaged it. Whether it's a zombie or a warlock, a, a little baby witch or a big bad goblin, whatever it may be. I'm asking tonight, God, let us be wise. Don't let us just discount these things as innocent and just cute entertainment. They're not cute entertainment. They're a trick of the enemy. And God, let us do as the church at Ephesus did. As the people of Ephesus, when they saw how dangerous this familiar spirit was, Lord, they took drastic measures and they went into their homes and they got anything and everything that would have been a doorway for the enemy. And they gathered it all up and they burned it and they got rid of it. And it was after that that the word of God grew in their lives. So I pray in the name of Jesus. So I want you to pray right now. I want you to ask God to give you the authority in your home. Some of us, it's not a matter, it's not a matter of uh, uh, um, knowledge and wisdom. It's a matter now of courage, of going home and doing what needs to be done. Okay? And, and if, if there's not a mind battle going on, if, if you've got some of these things that I've talked about and the devil's not trying to convince you that it's okay, you can keep it, then the devil's probably not doing his job because he wants you to keep those things around because it gives him access to control you and to keep you from being everything that God designed you and desires you to be. Would you reach over now and take the hand of your neighbor? Let's pray one for another. Lord, I'm not here to condemn anybody. If there are people that have allowed these things into their lives, I shared tonight, there was a, I didn't knowingly do it, but I opened the door for 
a familiar spirit to have influence in my home. So I'm not any better than anybody else tonight in that sense. But once I saw that that spirit had gained access into my home, I shut the door and I got rid of it. And I'm asking you tonight, Lord, let us let our homes be a place that is holy, a place that is safe, a place that the enemy can't access because we have guarded it. Lord, we put up guards over our home. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, God, put a watch over our homes, put a watch over our families. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, for my brothers and my sisters in the Lord tonight. Cover us in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Every unclean, unfamiliar, or rather familiar spirit that would try to bring destruction upon the lives. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you.